Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Yud Aleph. And today's is for a full shleima of um, Pinchas Kalman Ben Rivka. They have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, we're going to go from the Mishnah at the top of Yud Aleph, Amur Aleph, second line, um, 11a. The Mishnah is carrying on, obviously, with the theme of... Uh, how much uh, different ksubas are. Okay, the, the, the very broad principle of how much a ksuba is, if, if it's a basula, a woman who's getting married for her first time, it's going to, a, a virgin, it's going to be 200 zuz. And if it's a baula, then it's going to be 100 zuz. That's the very broad uh, distinction in the two numbers we mentioned. Now we, the mission is going into more specifics and clarifications. Um, yeah, I just saw yesterday, I didn't get a chance to look at it carefully, but I saw Archgold had a nice note along the lines telling us how to calculate the 200 zoos in today's terms. So that if you, if you get a chance um, to look up, it was very interesting. It was, uh, you know, it was note number 19. Um, okay, so carrying on with this Mishnah. So he says, Hagiyoyet uh, Convert a cap, a woman who was captured and a slave. She niftu v'shiniskayu v'nishtachru pchusus mibnois shaloshanim. Who were redeemed, converted, or freed less than three years old, and one day biyamechod ksuvas of masayim they get a ksuva of two hundred biyeshlem tanas besulim, and their husband does have the claim tanas besulim. Just, so what is this? A girl who's under three years old, even if she has beer, we assume that the harmon regrows, so she's still considered a basula. And that's why these women, even though we suspect them of having been raped or have had beer, again, a convert, we don't trust non-Jews, they're a little bit more promiscuous. Shvuya, um, a woman who was captured, often if a girl is captured by a gang or whoever, soldiers who ever captured her, good chance that she's been raped. And a shifcha maidservant, they were no, known for their uh, looseness, the immorality, uh, slaves. So therefore, we, don't, we assume that they've had beer, but since they converted or were freed or redeemed under three years old, is, they're still considered a basula. Um, and then Yeshlem Taras Basulim, so that was what we were discussing last week, when our husband claims, I expected my wife to be a basula, and she's not. That, and how do you deal with that issue? We're going to see a little bit more of that on Amud Bayes. Um, again, when a husband expects to find his wife a virgin and she's not. Um, but these, with these women, since they ended up being normal Jews at from under three years old, he does have that claim. He can expect her to be a basula. Um, now, just the, the commentaries point out a very interesting thing. If you look at the, if you read this mission a little more carefully, so it starts off. It says a convert, a, sla- a captive, and a shifcha, a maidservant. And then when you would, so what would you expect the order to be when it says if they were freed or redeemed, etc., under three years old? You'd expect it to correspond to that. So it should start with a convert who converts, a captive who was redeemed and a maidservant who was freed. But if you look at the next line of the Mishnah, it's an out of order. It says who was redeemed, who was converted, and who was freed. So often you'll notice throughout the Gemara, Mishnahs aren't too particular about the order, but often they do bring out something we can learn. So the Ritva very interestingly says here, it's almost in order of our... Uh, the starting line of the Mishnah is our, almost our respect, how impressed we are with them. A woman who comes to convert, that's, a, that's something to be impressed. Someone who gave up just having to keep seven mitzvahs to keep 613, we're very impressed with that. A shfuya, a woman who is captured, so very little she can do, she's not really done anything wrong. And then a shifcha, a maidservant who was freed, not such a big deal. Um, so that's why it starts in order of how, who, how impressed we are. And then the second line of the Mishnah, where it changes the order. Again, it is responding to those three. Again, it's a convert to converted, etc., but it's all out of order. That's in our action, what we should be doing. Niftu, redeeming a captive, that's a huge, huge mitzvah, one of the greatest mitzvahs. Um, converting, now we don't go out and convert people. We don't, uh, what's a missionaries? But it's more important to uh, 
it's it's more imp- it's 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 obviously if someone wants to convert they can and it's less problematic than freeing a slave when we know on the surface unless you have a very good reason there actually might be a negative commandment to free a slave so that the second line of Mishnah is in order of what we should be doing so, that, so that's just interesting just from the change of order they bring out a, a, a beautiful idea okay now we're going to go into the Gomorrah the Gomorrah's the discussion here is because, as we'll see, our mission is tried to use as a proof of the discussion. The discussion is a ger, a ger katan, a minor convert. How does a young child convert? We know, just to go back, just to do a little bit of background on conversion, so we know that the person has to have das. They have to do it with intent. We always view children as not having full das. They don't have full men, uh, mental competence. So how can they make such a decision? Now, what are the, generally we speak about three parts of conversion, or at least for a male. There's mila, circumcision, tvila, going to the uh, kabbalah, and kabbalah are mitzvahs, and accepting the mitzvahs. Um, now, the, the tvila is generally done, uh, is always done before based in of three. Um, now, what do you do about a child who can't have das? That's going to be the question. Now, there's an interesting halacha at that we'll see from later in the Gemara, that a father who's coming to convert can convert with his child. We're, we're happy with that. We're fine with that. But Rashi deals with what happens if it's a mother coming to convert the child, or however it ends up that the child is coming by himself. Most common scenario nowadays is if, if the child is adopted, a Jewish family adopt a child, how do they how does the child convert? He doesn't have das to accept the mitzvahs, and he doesn't have his father to convert with him. So Omar Ravuna, Ravuna says, Ger koto das based We can also make him go to mikvah based on the das of based in, the intent of based in. How does that, uh, um, the three Dayonim who are going to be at his tefillah, they accept being a Jew on his behalf. Um, yeah. This, before we go further, there's a question, would this conversion, just because it it's easy if we start, just open up that, you know, is this conversion, is it a fully fledged conversion, or is it only mid-oraisa? Interestingly enough, Rashi here says, um, Rashi says, once he's converted, if he touches one, it doesn't become a problem. We know if you have one, it's not a bushel, and an you touches or pours it, it's a pro- it becomes stam yenam and osur. So Rashi says, if this convert touches it, it doesn't become. They're much bigger deals. Why don't you say that he can now marry a regular Jew based on this conversion or all other ramifications? Must be it's only a rabbinic um, conversion, and therefore it only saves you from rabbinic problems if he's a non-Jew, like touching one or something like that. Um, many others, Tosos also seem to want to learn that it's Midrah Bonin, but there are those like the Ritzvah and the Rashba who want to learn that it's actually a Doraita conversion. Yes? Oh, so we'll come to that in the Gomorrah. Maybe. So, he said, so then it says, my, now the Gomorrah asks, my Kamash Malan, what's it coming to teach us? What is What's Rafuna coming to teach us? This Chusuloi, Vizakin Oram Shalobafanam, is coming to teach us the principle that this is all beneficial for the child and we can, you can do something beneficial for a person on his behalf. Tanina, well, that principle is already learned in another Mishnah. You can do something meritorious on someone's behalf, but you can't do something that obligates him on his behalf. I, I can accept a gift. I'm at your house and uh, take a lot, do a delivery. So I can accept it on your behalf because that's a favor. That's something you'd want. In. That's something we can be confident that you'd want to do. Um, and so too, that's a halakha principle that you're allowed to. That's the thing we just we touched on it. I'll just bring the example we touched on the other day. Um, you can um, with the bar mitzvah boy. We we said you can't acquire a gift on Shabbos. That's why the oif point out. We acquired it on your behalf on erev Shabbos. Um, again, the, the bar mitzvah boy didn't ask you. Doesn't he have to accept the gift to make it his gift? Who are you to just impose a gift? No, something that you're confident a person would like, you can do on his behalf, and that's what's happening here. This. This accepting of the conversion is good for him. Why is it good for him? It's a, much, it's, a, it's a better lifestyle to live as a Jew. It's easier to get to Olam Haba. 
It's a, it's a better light source. So it's a chusula, it's a benefit for him, and therefore you can do it. But as we said, that's already taught. So we would, if without knowing this teaching of Rav Huda, I would know that you save, that you do it on, that you can on, um, that you can convert him on his behalf because it's a chus. Again, and therefore it's shil, you know, just to highlight what Rashi points out, it's shalomi das. It's without his awareness. He's, he, even though the child knows what's going on, we don't view him as mentally competent, and therefore it's as if he doesn't know, and you're doing it on his behalf. So he says, Maudetema, what would you have thought? This non-Jew would rather live a life, I guess we call it a, a free hefker. He doesn't want all the responsibility. Maybe that's better for him. So the whole came along. And we actually say in a similar scenario, a slave definitely prefers to have a, to live a life of hefkeros. Rashi explains, a slave can is much less restricted um, sexually. He's got uh, uh, female slaves who are looser than Jewish women. They're not as uh, hard to deal with. They, they're much easier. So he'd rather remain a slave than be freed. So, it's, so you might have thought, oh, just as a slave would rather remain Hefker, so to um, a, a non-Jewish child would rather remain Hefker. That's only with an adult who's already experienced Isur, who's already got used to that lifestyle, but a child to be brought up as a Jew, that's a schus to him. So that is... Um, that is the basic discussion of, um, of this, that the Beisdin can convert someone, and uh, they can convert someone. Yeah, and, and, and they do it on behalf, a child, they do it on behalf of the child, without the child's awareness, and what's the reason? The Tosfos here, and all the Rishonim discuss, what's this mechanism of doing something on behalf of someone? We generally understand that it is shlichus. I can act as, you can ask me to do something for you. You can ask me to go and accept that gift, to go carry out that mission for you, as a shliach. And that's when I can act as a shliach on your behalf, when it's for your benefit, without you asking me to do it. Again, when it's something that could be detrimental to you, obviously I can't act on your behalf without your confirmation, without you appointing me, but when it's for your benefit, I can. The problem with that is, if you say it's a shliach, one issue, which is actually easier to get around, is we generally say a Jew can't be a shliach on behalf of a non-Jew. So how can Beisdin be a shliach on behalf of this child? So they say, no, since it ends off as him being a Jewish, as, as a Jew, because it's to do conversion, you can't act on his behalf. But an even bigger question is that the Gemara in Baba Metzia concludes that you can't act as a shliach on behalf of a child, Midoraisa. And therefore that would fit in, and that would be why many of the Rishonim learn this conversion is only Midrabonim. Because Doraisa, you can't act on behalf of a child. Okay, interesting, let's go back to the Bar Mitzvah boys example. If his Bar Mitzvah is on Shabbos, then Midoraisa, you can't accept the gift on his behalf. Midrabonim, you can, but Midoraisa, you can't. And so too, yes, yeah, so you can't accept the conversion on behalf of this child, because he's a mana. So, how, so that's why they learn that this is only Midrabonin. There are others who learn that, no, this that we say you can do something on behalf of someone is not from the aspect of Shlichus, or they come up with other explanations that it is still a conversion Midoraisa. But that would be one of the main questions that lead the commentaries to explain that this must only be a rabbinic conversion, not a fully-fledged Doraisa conversion. Just, oh, while we hear an, another interesting point is, Rav Huna mentioned you can tovel him, you can take him to Mikvah Das Beisdin. What about the Mila and the Kabbalah Samitzvahs? So firstly, Kabbalah Samitzvahs he can't do. He can't accept the mitzvahs. He's too young. And the difficulty with that, but again, maybe we get around it, however you get around it, is that that does seem to be an essential part of the conversion. You might have to say, much to our surprise, that a convert accepting the mitzvahs may be a start essential. Okay, but that's a side point. And regarding Mila, so that's the easiest answer is this is the final step. Or the, another answer given is, Tvila is relevant to both men and women. So that's why he mentions Tvila, but obviously we're speaking about a proper conversion. Okay, so that's the, that's the underlying. Then it says, Lema Messiah lay, let's bring a proof to him from our Mishnah. It says, If you have this convert slave 
captive and slave, or a female convert, captive and slave, that were redeemed, converted, or freed and when they were less than three years old. Now, my love, now how did they convert? How did this girl under three years old convert? My love, that Bezdin must be a case of where Bezdin accepted her for, on behalf of her, good proof for Afuna. says, says, no, here we could, maybe it's no proof because maybe it's a case where their father converted with them which they definitely happy with their father converting them. Again, if their father is going to grow up as a Jew, they would, a child would, much, would definitely like to live like his father, the same lifestyle as his father, as their father, male or female. And therefore, the conversion with the parent definitely works. The novelty of Rampuna is that he's extending, and not only do we say, if the parent is converting the child, it's good for the child, that's the standard halacha, if the parent's converting, the father's converting, but even if he's not converting, it's still beneficial for the child to do it um, based on the um, it's still considered beneficial for the child if based in accepted. That's what Rafuna. Sorry, so I don't think I said that clearly. Just the obvious halacha is that a child would like to live like his father and and his fa- if his father converted him, he can convert the child with him. That would say, Zak in the Oran Shaloi Bafonab, you can do something on behalf of somebody if it's beneficial to them. Rav Huna is extending that to even if his father's not converting, for based into it. And the interesting question is that specifically his father, what about his mother? And what happens if, for whatever reason, the child comes up? Or it's a conversion, or it's, as I said, the most standard example is an adoption. It's not even his parents can based in let's put it in inverted commas, kidnap a child and convert him. And so, so Rashi, at the top of the page, says it's where his father brings him. If his mother, oh, sorry, it's where his mother brings him. This that we say that you can take for granted that he wants to convert, it's when his father's bringing him. And Rashi extends, says, and Al Rabhun is a case where his mother brings him. But there's a fascinating line I heard, that that might only be to save it from the senses. We don't want people to read this Rashi or read this Sugi and say, you see, Jews kidnap people and convert them. So that's why Rashi said, only if his father or his mother bring him. That's when this discussion is. But many extended, even for whatever reason, a child comes on his own behalf, or you end up with some other scenario, you can convert the child. Um, Yeah, so that's the so again um, that's why the sugi was brought here because we wanted to bring our mission as a proof. Our mission is not a proof, but we haven't refuted Rav Huna, and that seems to be the halacha. And then it says Omar Rav Yosef Rav Yosef says when he grows up he can protest. He can say I refuse. Gabriel, this is what you are asking. It says Abaya challenged this. He says This is our mission again. We said that. Uh, uh, a convert who is converted, or a slave, a captive who is redeemed, or a slave who is freed less than three years old, they get a ksuba of 200. So Chazal are granting them a full ksuba. He says, If you have the assumption that when they grow up, they can refuse. Are we going to give them a ksuba that they can now refuse? So they're going to get a paid out ksuba, which is again, for their protection, and then they're going to go back to being a non-Jew. Why would Chazal say they get a ksuba? They wouldn't. Must be, they can't refuse. So the Gemara answers, no, lechi godla. When they grow up, you only give the ksuba to her when she grows up. So the Gemara says, lechi godla nami, mimchei venafke. Well, when she grows up, you, she can also then refuse. So he's saying, if somehow you'd marry this young child or she's this, that, we right, give her a tzub of 200, is only once she's already grown up. But still, we haven't seen any time limit on the refusing. She can decide. So let's say she gets married when she's 18. When she's 23, she can decide to refuse and go back to living as a non-Jew. So the woman says, no. He says, no. As soon as she, once she's grown up and she's an adult for even a moment, she can't refuse and therefore we don't have to, sorry, and she hasn't refused, she can't refuse and therefore she can get to a and it won't come to a loss. I'll come back to that point of, um, of when she can refuse, but Mosiv Rava, Rava challenged it from a very similar line of 
Think about it. He says, The following are women who get a knas. If a girl, a nara, is raped, the rapist has to pay 50 shkolim. Now he says, so who are these? One of the, one of the women is, kusis, someone who rapes a mamzer, a nesin, a kutis, or someone who rapes a girl who was converted or captured, or a slave who was freed under three years old, they get paid the knas. Says, says, you telling me that when this, this young girl, she was raped, so let, let's just take the example of a convert, because that's what we're discussing, this convert was raped, you're telling me you're going to pay her 50 shkolim, and then when she grows up, she can refuse, and now she'll just take it with her, why would, why would they pay her out the class if she can just refuse? Says, it's when she grows up, that's when she gets paid. Well, once she grows up, she can also just refuse. Says, no, once she's grown up and hasn't refused, then she can't refuse at all. Okay, so just on this refusal, again, this child gets the option to refuse. Um, and the, now the difficulty with this, Gemara, is we said, when do they get this option to refuse? When they grow up. But then we said, how long do they have? If they don't refuse once they've grown up, then they can't refuse. So how short is this, this, this window of opportunity? I don't know if opportunity is the right word. This window of chance for them to refuse to be Jewish. On the one hand, they can only refuse when they grow up. But on the other hand, we said, as soon as they grow up, if they don't refuse, then they can't refuse any longer. So when is it? Is it, is, does he literally, does the child, uh, if she's turned bat mitzvah or he's turned bar mitzvah, have like a 10 second frame to do it in? So the Tosser Shani Marson says, uh, the few Rishonim discusses, the one answer is that, no, we go after how he's living. If when he's 11, 12, or she's 11 and now turning 12, is living like a non-Jew, well, we take that as their refusal going into being an adult. But if they're living as an adult, as, as a Jew, then when they reach adulthood, we take it as if they're accepting that lifestyle as them. Others take it a bit more that, that it has to be more proactive. You have to see them living as a Jew once they do. Right, so let's say they turn bas mitzvah and they have a party. Or they turn bar mitzvah and they have a party. No clear... 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds have parties. It's only when they do actions that are specifically clarify that their decision is to be Jewish. I guess so he puts on tefillin. She goes and, I'm trying to think what a mitzvah girl would do to show that she's Jewish, but she goes and, uh, yeah, lights Shabbos candles, she goes, maybe she uh, bakes, has a challah bake for her bas mitzvah, something that would be clearly identifying her as a, as a Jewess. And then some even go as far to say, and I think this is how we pass can, that you actually give them the choice again. You say, do you know you were converted as a child? Do you accept to be um, to continue living as a Jew, almost that they have to do the acceptance of the mitzvahs that they couldn't do when they were a child, now that they're an adult. Which is very interesting, because if, let's say, parents kept it a secret that their child was uh, adopted, and then they tell him when he's 18, well, then he gets the choice then. And actually, I think based, the base thing here, I was discussing with someone, they do it as a formal thing now. They basically, they ask, that, I don't know how it's been in the past, but now I think they were more, kind of did it as a technicality or formality, and now the base they actually chat to the child. When he turns bar mitzvah, they say, you know, we, you were converted, you were adopted and converted as a child. Do you want to continue with this? Someone, the father was telling me, he's a little bit nervous because his son often says he wishes he has the opportunity to, you know, taste some of the foods that he could never taste. And now Basin are going to be discussing with him, does he want a Jewish lifestyle? And he's going to be well, you know. <laughs> but, uh, that's a, but that's the reality. And I think that is how we pass that the child is given the choice basically given the choice again. I mean, that, in my mind, that's much easier if you learn that the whole thing is only rabbinic. If Doraisa, he was accepted as a convert, how, unless you say that, it, you know, you have to come on and say, well, you did it on his behalf as a favor, but clearly he's showing now that it's not a favor for him, gets a little bit more tricky. Okay, um, now the Gemara just wants to ask, Abaye brought, the, we had Abaye and Rava challenging, and Abaye and Rava challenged from the concept of a ksuba, 
and rather challenge it from the concepts of this class you pay to a rapist. So the Gomorrah wants to know why did they not bring each other's challenge? There's a bailar, a hasam, knasa, haina, timer. A bailar didn't want to bring robber's proof because there it's a penalty. Shaloya, hey, choytenisgar. We don't want the sinner to gain. I, let's say he, according to how a bias understanding says, let's say this guy raped this girl. And then she, who was this, who had been converted by Beisdin, and then she decided to be a non-Jew. Bias says we still want him to pay because we don't want him to sin and gain. It's, a, it's not a gain for her. It's a punishment for him for raping her. So regardless of whether she goes back to living as a non-Jew, we still want him to do that. And then we say, um, and Rav Omaka Bai, Rav didn't want to learn with, learn like a Bai. He says, reason is we don't want him to treat it lightly to divorce her. One of the main reasons behind the Ksuba is that it's expensive for a man to get divorced. He's going to think twice about it. It's going to cost him a lot of money. He's going to have to pay out the Ksuba. So Rav says, up until the stage of she actually refuses to be Jewish, well, we don't want him to just divorce her. So therefore, Robert says, even if she might refuse, we still want him, we still want him to keep her as a wife and not just uh, be flippant about divorcing her. Okay, that's, uh, that's obvious. obviously a lot more to discuss. Um, some of the fascinating points that we just discussed on this mission, again, is obviously a father can convert with his child. Rav Huna extended that to based in converting the child on the child's behalf because the child can't. Um, we also discussed then, at, however, when he becomes an adult, he can uh, refuse, he can opt out, he can say, uh, it's actually not what I wanted, not the lifestyle that I choose, and he can choose. That's a, that would be the core of what we've discussed. Um, I guess we also discussed what's the nature of this conversion. Is it as a shliach, as an agent on behalf of the child, we had a few difficulties with saying that, because as we said, you can't act on behalf of a child as a shliach, or you can't act as a shliach on behalf of a non-Jew, so you run into te- uh, challenges on how to understand that principle of doing something on behalf of someone else, if it's for their benefit or if it's to their detriment. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. If you had an adult male who had beer with a minor girl, this is under three, or you had a boy under nine who had beer with an adult woman, or a woman who was injured by wood, Aisha, she lost her harmon due to some injury, not because of uh, beer. Tsubas and Mosayim, they get a ksuba of 200 different Rebbe Meir, that's the opinion of Rebbe Meir. An adult, a, a boy under nine, a girl under three, and a mukait are not considered beer. It's uh, not considered. say no. get a ksuba of only one hundred. I granted she's not. She hasn't had beer. She still doesn't have her virginity intact, and therefore she still only gets a ksuba of one hundred. New case. A basula who is min She was widowed or divorced or had chalitza from Nisuyin. Ayrashi explains, she went to chuppah, so she's done the second stage of marriage, but she never ever had an opportunity to consummate it. He got sick and died straight away, or he divorced her straight away, or um, she fell to chalitza straight away. Tsubas on Mane, they only get a tsubava Mane. As soon as it's from Nisuyin, the second stage of marriage, we consider her a bu'ule, even if she's never actually had beer. And then obviously, she can't, he never has the claim of Tanis Basulin. He can never ever say, wait, I thought you were a virgin, and now it turns out you're not. And once, he wants to obviously tear up the Ksuba, saying he, it was, uh, she defaulted on the deal. He can't claim that because from Munisuin, she's treated as a Bu'ula. Then a new scenario, if you have this convert slave, a captive or slave, who were redeemed, converted, or freed, more than three years and one day. The Ksuba is a Mane, again, because, and obviously then there's no Tanis Basulim. All these women, we assume that they've had beer. As we said, non Jews and slaves, we don't trust their morals. Um, a captive, a woman who's captured, 
we assume that her captives uh, raped her, so therefore they would only get a ksuba of 100. And also the husband can't claim, I thought I was marrying a basula. I should just highlight, it was on Shabbos's death, but Rashi explains, what's, uh, but again we'll discuss it in the Gemara now, what's the main ramification is the husband says, I thought I was marrying a basula. He's not accusing her of adultery. That was the beginning, earlier dafim in the Masechta. But he says, I thought I was marrying a basula. Turns out she's a bu'ula. It's a misrepresentation of what, I, what, what transaction I was entering into. It's what's called a mekartos, a mistaken sale. Now you go to the shop, as I mentioned, you're buying a, you, you go and you buy a bicycle, and it comes without the wheels. So that's not what I expected to get. And you undo the sale. It was uh, based on a false premise. Or they told you you're getting X and you're only getting Y. Yeah. So the previous uh, um, uh, yeah. You're saying once we said in the previous Mishnah that if she's under three years old when she's thin, well, or you say if you had the first Mishnah, if she's under three, then she's considered a basula. Implied in that is if she's over three, she'd be considered a bula. I'm not sure. Good question. I'm not sure. Um, now the Gemara is going to discuss how do we view. Muka eights. That was a woman who lost her virginity through an injury, not through beer. Sorry, sorry. That's a, sorry, that is a muka eights. We've seen that was a machloikes. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says she still gets a ksub of 200, and Rabbi Merabonin uh, says she only gets a ksub of 100. The question now is this katan, this beer with a katan. Again, he, we said if you have a, a boy under nine, his beer is not considered beer. So you, it's as if this woman has never had beer with a man, but again, won't uh, she would have lost her basulin. So, If you have this boy under nine, who has beer with an adult woman, she becomes a muka eight. Uh, we don't view it as if she's had beer, but we do view it as if she's uh, not a basula anymore, and she'd only get a ksuba. Well, then again, according to Rabbi Meir, she would still get a ksuba of 200, and according to Rabbonin, she would only get a ksuba of 100. But it's not clear. We're not saying that she's considered a bu'ula. And Rabbi Yehuda said, when I went and told this before Shmuel, Amar ein muka eit There's no such thing as muka eit I, It's nothing. It says, if you want to say that it does have an effect, this child's beer with her, well then she's a bu'ula. She's a woman who's had beer. If you want to say that it's nothing, well then it's nothing. So he says, it's not even beer of an adult woman with a child, with a boy under nine, is not even muka eight, it's nothing. Sometimes learn it as what Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of his teachers, but rather as an independent discussion. Rav said she is considered a muka eight, and Shmuel said she is not. Now, most of Rav Oshai, Rav Oshai challenged us. And the Chachomim say, her Ksuba is just a mona. This is our Mishnah. Rabbi Shaya says that if you, he brings from our Mishnah, which listed what sounds like three cases, a girl under three with an adult man, or a boy under nine with an adult woman, or a Mukha eights. And the Rabbonin come along, those Rabbi Meir says they get a Ksuba of 200, and the Rabbonin come along and argue on Mukha 8. Clearly, they only argue on Mukha 8, and therefore the Katan the under Nan would not be considered anything. And that everyone would agree says, that he gets a Ksuba of 200. Again, like Shmuel, unlike Rav. So, Omar Rav, Hachika Omar. No, this is how you read the Mishnah. God Allah Boral Katana. If you have an adult with a girl under three, it's nothing. It's like poking one's finger in an eye. Just as if uh, someone pokes you in your eye, you're going to cry. And if they poke you in an eye later date, your tears will come again. I just regen- the tears just regenerate. So too, the harmon just regenerate. However, the katanal bolag doila, also muka eights. 
a child who has beer with a young, a young boy under nine who has beer with an adult woman, she becomes like a muka'at. Well, muka'at's goof of psukhsa de Rebbe Meir Rabbonin. And muka'at is a machloikes Rebbe Meir Rabbonin. I rather is re-explaining the Mishnah that no, muka'at is actually the same as a katan. And then how do you deal with that? So, sorry, a katan, a boy under nine, his beer is considered muka'at. Rebbe Meir says it's 200 and the Chachomim say 100. Now, Omer Ami Bar Chama machloikes bo. The Machloikes Rebbe Man the Chachomim, I again, is the Ksuba 200 or 100, is where he knew. I, the husband knew that she didn't have her Basulim, her Haman anymore. The Rebbe Man, Madami Lola Bogeres, but Rabbana Madami Lola Baula. Rebbe Man says she's like a Bogeres, an adult, and Rabbana compare her to a Baula. Just before, just to understand Bogeres, in a girl, the, the Torah views there's three ages, there's up to 12. Or, and, or two pubic hairs, that's when she becomes an adult, but called a nara. Six months later, she becomes what's called a bogeris, a fully-fledged adult. The Gomorrah holds that once she's developed to that stage, um, she's not really a basula anymore, because the harman, I don't know if it wears away, or something happens to it when she's reached that level of maturity. So she's not a fool. So um, Rebbe Meyer says, now, a Bulgaris is definitely a Basula. You have this woman who, this girl, over, well, 12 and a half, till she gets married. She's never been with another man. She's never got injured. So, obviously, she's a Basula. She would get a Ksub of 200. So, Rebbe Meyer says that this Mukaits, this girl who lost her virginity through an injury, is considered, uh, is more is similar to a Bulgaris. And the Rabbonans say, she's no, she's con- similar. Mukaits is considered to a Bula. But again, this is all where Hikibo, he knew that. Everyone agrees that if the husband did not know, he thought he was marrying a basula. And it turns out that she was a muka'it. Everyone agrees that she gets no ksuba. That's a mistaken, the, the, the deal was built on a mistaken premise. I think this, yeah, a good example of Mechatos, I don't know if you're following uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter. He says, I wanted to buy Twitter for X. And now he's coming along and saying there are all these false accounts. And therefore Twitter, it doesn't have the... What he thought he was getting is not what he's getting and he wants to pull out of the deal. So that's, I mean, that's the discussion of a Mechatos. He's saying, I thought I was getting Twitter which had, uh, I don't know, X million users. And really half of them are robots. It's not, uh, I don't have that number of users and he wants to pull out the deal. Okay, the whole discussion is they saying he's pulling out for a different reason. And, but there you see, that's what he wants to pull out of the deal, saying it's based on a mistaken premise. That's what he's saying. I thought I was marrying a basula here in Al-Sukhya. thought I was marrying a basula and it's a mistaken premise. Um, okay, so very Why does Rebbe Meir compare her to a boy Geres? Why doesn't he compare it to Bu'ula? Again, at the end of the day, she doesn't have a harmon. So he says, no, Bu'ula is avid bomase, bidei odom, holo is avid bomase, bidei odom. He says, because a Bu'ula is a girl who's had an action through a man. That's what makes her a Bu'ula, whereas this woman has never been with a man. Okay, fine. So the Rabbonin who compare to a girl who has already had beer, why don't they compare it to a Bogeres? Bogeres, lois avet bomase, klal, hois avet bomase. He says, no, because a Bogeres has never done any action. There's been no action to ruin her basulim, whereas this one is, she's a Mukaich. There has been an action that's taken away her basulim. Okay, so that's the discussion. That's, the, that's how he explains the Machroi Kesri Biman Rabbon. And again, that, well, that it's, it's based on how do you view a Mukait? Is she like a girl who's never had beer, or is she like a girl who has lost her harmon? And therefore, she's more like a Bula, therefore, should Aksuba be 200 or 100? But the important point that we now, the Gomorrah, is going to focus on is um, Rami Bar Chama said the whole Machroi is where he did not know. Sorry, where he did know that she was a Bula. That's where the discussion is, is her Ksuba 200 or 100? But if he did not know, if he thought she was a Basula, then she loses her Ksuba, gain Mechach Tos. So now the Gemara is going to focus on that point. You telling me, Rami Bar Chama, that if he did not know, according to both Rabbi Meir and Rabbonin, she gets nothing. Moshe Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman challenged this. Says he, Omer, this is a later Mishnah, he, Omer, is Muka Eitzani, Vuhu, Omer, Loki, Elodrusus, Ishat. Again, a Machloiket, it's discussing later on. 
she says, I was muka'ez. I lost my virginity through an injury. He says, no, you lost your virginity. Again, not, not accusing her of adultery, but before when you were a single girl, you, you lost your virginity to a man. Says Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer say she's believed. Now, what she believed, it can't be saying that she's believed. This case must, it must be where he didn't know. Because if he knew, what's, he, what's the discussion? It must be on the wedding now, it turns out she's not a basula anymore. And, he, and they say, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer, she's believed, she still gets her ksuba. Says Ella, so what do we see? That even where he did not know that she was not a virgin anymore, she still gets a ksuba. So Elam a rover, rather rov. So rover gives a different explanation to the machlokes Rebbe Meir Rabban. He says, "Bein hikibah, bein lo hikibah." The Rebbe Meir Mosayim, whether he knew or did not know, I whether he thought he knew he was marrying a buula. Oh, sorry, a mukait, a girl that didn't have a basulim. Or he thought he was, ma- or he didn't know. He thought he was marrying a basula. he gets two hundred. The rabbanon hikibomane lo hikibavelokum. But according to the rabbanon, if he knew, then she gets a ksuba of one hundred. If he did not know, then he gets a ksuba. She only, she doesn't get any ksuba at all. Right, so the next Mishnah, which we said, she's believed. That's according to Rabbi Meir, and it's actually saying she's believed, and she gets a ksuba of two hundred, because Rabbi Meir says. Again, as long as she didn't lose her, her virginity to another man, she can always, or, <coughs> it makes no difference. Yeah, as long as she didn't, she, she's not considered an almana, etc., she can get 200, whereas Rabban and say, no, it makes a difference. Did he know or not? It says, Vaharabe Rava, Rava actually retracted. Now, we're going to bring a brysa just to fit out the following um, structure of the Gomorrah. We're going to bring out a brysa, a discussion of it, Rava's explanation, and we're going to see from Rava's explanation that he's arguing on this current point. That's, uh, that's where we're headed. So we'll do the discussion, obviously, and then I'll show the contradiction between Rava's current um, opinion and why we say he retracted, which comes out from the end of this discussion. So that's, it says as follows. The Tanya we learned in Shamro. What's the case of Motsi Shamro? This is the case of where a husband... Um, he accuses his wife of having committed adultery, not being a virgin anymore. And it turns out that he was lying. He was defaming her. That's Motsi Shemra. So what's the case of Motsi Shemra? So it says, If someone comes to Beisdin and he says, your daughter was not a virgin, if there were Adim that she committed adultery, well then she gets a ksub of 100. What? If there were Aiden that she committed adultery, she gets a ksuba. He says, the Gemara If there's Aiden that she committed adultery, she gets put to death by stoning. Not that she's going to get a ksuba. He says, no, hachikoma. So this is how you have to read this price. If there's Aiden that she committed adultery, two witnesses saw her commit adultery, then she gets put to death by stoning. But if she had, if there were Aiden that she had being promiscuous before she got married. So as a single girl, she slept around, then she still gets a ksuba mone. Now, for Omer Rebbe Chia Bar, Avin Omer Rav Shaisha, Zoy Samares, Konsa Becheskas Pesula Benimsay Spohule, Yeish Lok Suba Mone. Rav Chia Bar Avin says, in the name of Rav Shaisha, this teaches us that even if he married her thinking she was a basula, but it turns out she's not, she still gets a ksuba mone. Again, because we said if, because what's the key case of the price, huh? If they ate him that she had beer when she was a single girl, and then so, so the husband sorry the husband comes to Beisdin and he says this girl I married is not a virgin she must have committed adultery, and then Aiden come and say no she's not a virgin from before she was married. What do we say? She gets a ksuba of one hundred. We see that even if he did not know he thought he was marrying a basula he can't claim mekatois he still has to give her uh, I guess he doesn't have to give her the two hundred but he only has to give her the one hundred. Um, but we see that she does get a ksuba. You can't claim mekatos, and I'm not paying any ksuba. Says Umasi Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman challenges. He says, I know he says that Isha v'loy matzah b'basulin. He omeres mishe erasti nenasti v'nech b'sos adayu v'hi omer lo ki ella ad shelaris to sochov bechach mekatos. He married a woman, and it and it found that she's not a virgin. She says, Look, I was raped once. We were already 
Dame Rusin. I was raped after I married you. I, and it's your field that got ruined. If I sell you a property and then a hurricane comes and damages the property, you can't come back to me and claim any, anything from it. And so, to, yeah, so he married this woman and she says, once we were already done a Rusin, I was raped. So you can't claim any that knows I married a virgin. Yeah, you did, but, and she was raped. So, so that's what he's claiming. For, that's what she's claiming. For who I married? And he says, no. You had beer before we were married, and therefore, it's a mekach tos. The lace loklal, and she shouldn't receive anything. So, so that's Rav Nachman's question on the price, on how we just learned. We just wanted to say that if a woman, if he doesn't know that his wife is not a virgin, she still gets a ksub of 100. Rav Nachman makes a diuk from this pricer that implies that that he can claim Mekach Tos, and if he does, she should get nothing. Again, he says, I thought you were a virgin, and it turns out you're not. He should, she shouldn't get a ksub at all, not to the 100. So, for Omar Luhu, Rebi, or for Amr Lai, Rebi Chiyabar Abin, so Rebi Chiyabar Abin responded, Efshar Rav Amr, V'chok Dali Ador Yosvi, Ki Omar Rav Shaysheh, Slohosh Maisa, V'kasher Luhu. You telling me that when Rav Shaysheh said his halacha, again, Rav Shaysheh was the one who said that she gets 100. You had all these great sages sitting around, and they asked him this question, and, 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 and none of them asked him this question. He says, Vishoni, he must have answered, my mekhatos namimi mosayim abalmone islay. Must you must explain this price again? When it says that he's claiming mekhatos, what what is he doing? He's downgrading a ksuba from two hundred to one hundred. He says, I thought you were a basula. Turns out you're not a virgin. Therefore, you don't get the ksuba of two hundred. You get the ksuba of one hundred. But not that when he claims mekhatos that it goes from two hundred to zero. That's what we were thinking. Again, that. If a man marries a girl thinking she's a virgin, turns out she's not. It's a proper mekatos, and the whole sale, the whole deal should be void. He shouldn't have to pay her any tzuba. So he's saying, no, it's actually that he has to pay her 100. Now, this is the important point for, while we bring in this whole discussion. For Omar Rava, man de komoisi shapu komoisi. Rav Nachman's asking a very good question. Mekachtos legamri mashma. Mekachtos implies that it's a mistaken premise. Again, when I buy something from you and it turns out that you haven't met half the criteria that are listed on the sale, well then obviously um, the whole sale is voided. You don't say the sale's downgraded and he now pays you less. The whole sale is voided. So Rob is saying it's a very, very good, strong question. A man married a girl thinking she's a basula. Turns out she's not. The whole sale should be voided. It's a mekach tos. How can you say, okay, fine, so we're going to downgrade it? Now, I, I, I guess we do an inter, internet transaction and I'm buying a fancy car from you and then you rock up with an old, uh, old uh, simple car. So what, you're going to say, okay, fine, so you don't have to pay the few hundred thousand rand that the fancy car, you have to pay the tens of thousands of rand that this old car would cost. No, the whole sale is voided. So it's a very strong. So he says, so, so rather you have to, oh, so, so, so you're right. We do still have the question between the Bryce of Motsi Shamer. Again, the case of Motsi Shamer, the Bryce seem to say that it's downgraded. When it turns out that she is not a virgin, it's downgraded from 200 to 100. Whereas now we seem to be saying that it should be zero. Yeah, we do have that question. So he says, Toritz, you have to edit it as follows. Now, yeah, I'll explain shortly why we don't have a problem with editing it, but what are we editing it? It says, If the Aiden that she committed adultery when they were married, she gets put to death. If she committed adultery before they were married, then she does get zero kusuba. And that's the line we're adding in. And if it turns out she was a muka eight, she had lost her virginity through injury, then she gets a mona. So, so that's a rava And we see it was rava who said a contrabon, and if she doesn't recognize him, she gets nothing. So now we're going to tie rava. Again, when we at, higher up on the page, we brought rava who seemed to say a contrabon, and if he did not know, sorry, what did rava say according to rabbonin? Um,
Yeah, Robert said above that if he did not know, and it turns out she had an injury, she gets nothing, according to Rabbana. Rava now, as we just saw how Rava explained this Brysa, he's holding if he didn't know, and it turns out she had an injury, she gets 100. So that's where we're saying we see Rava retracted from his original way of learning. We see that Rava retracted. So again, quite a tricky piece, but the, to bring out the main points, and then I'll summarize the halacha, which will make it a lot clearer, is again, a man marries a woman and he doesn't know he thinks he's marrying a basula. If he, well, let's go back even a clearer step. Start off with the very clear. He marries a basula and it turns out she's a basula. Okay, her ksuba is 200. He's marrying a buula. He knows she's a widow. He knows she was previously married. Her ksuba is 100. The, the, the difficulty is what happens if he thought she was a basula and it turns out we're not. So he's saying that's where it makes a difference. Um, why, why, why is she not a basula? Again, if she was a muka eights, then her ksuba, according to Rabbonin, will be a hundred. Okay, again, whether or not he knew. He thought he was marrying a basula. Turns out she's not a basula, but it's because of an injury, not because of because uh, she had uh, beer. Then it's only 100. However, if he thought he was marrying a basula, and it ter- so, so again, he thought he was marrying a basula, and it turns out to be a muka eights, she only gets a ksuba of 100. She's not considered... A basula, that's how the Rabbanon learn. According, however, if he thought she was marrying a basula, and it turns out that she actually had beer in the past, then she gets no kasuba at all. That's a mechatos, I guess. And in our minds, you can, you can justify this in your minds. Again, if he thought he was marrying a basula, okay, it's not exactly what he expected, but she lost her virginity, her virginity through an injury, it's not going to affect him that much. He'll still most likely be happy to go through with the deal. However, if it turns out that she is actually not a virgin, she had had beer before, then it will totally undermine uh, the deal. And, and it's a mechatos, and she gets no kasuba. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.